Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Low Definition, quite possibly the most important podcast-based game show in the history of Western civilization. But probably not. I'm your host, good old Steve Lutz, and boy do I have a treat for you. Players! Six of them! With wildly diverse backgrounds and life experiences and most especially playing abilities. I can hardly wait to meet them. And the good news is, I don't have to, because I am the host. So let's jump right in and say hello to our first contestant... She's a tenured professor of quantum biorhythm at DePaul University in Tucson. Please welcome Tiffany Armand. Hi, Tiff. Oh, oh, yes. Hey. (laughs) I'm those things. Yes, I am. I thought so. Our next player is a homemaker from Duluth, where he's a member of a sewing circle with Panamanian hip-hop artist Bono. Hello, Jason Snell. Good old Steve Lutz. How I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) me too my friend me too i think we have our bios mixed up uh i just read what's on the cards (laughs) our next contestant hails from reykjavik tennessee where he is president and founder of the largest third nipple support group in the tri-state area put your hands together for dan morin uh si senor And this is exciting. We have a first-time player with us tonight. She's a lake tourist from Boca Raton, Brazil, who raises weasels for use as service animals and cold cuts. Please give a warm, low-def how are you to Kelly Gamont. Howdy-do, buckaroos. Howdy-do. Next up, our returning champion is a student at Coolidge Middle School in New Hampshire, New Hampshire. He also wrote nine episodes of the gritty Baltimore-based crime drama, Three's Company. Come and knock down our door, Micah Sargent. (laughs) Hi, it's so good to talk to you all today. I'm happy to be here. And our final contestant probably needs no introduction. He's already known worldwide for his award-winning collection of jockey's toenail clippings. He's also a bushman of the Kalahari. It's Monty Ashley. Hello, Monty. Hi, Steve. I'm ready to play. Feel good. Uh, I've been stretching all night. Oh, good. Let's do this. That's it. That's important. You don't want to pull something. Mm-mm. All right, those players, by the way, were introduced in order of play as determined by Random.org. And let me tell you, this is the last time I make use of their new player biography service. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right, now it's the part of the show where I tell you the rules. In each round, I will give you an obscure but all-too-real word. Your job is to send me a definition of that word. If you think you know what the word actually means, send me that. If you're right, you'll get a frosty three points. Otherwise, send me a fake definition that sounds plausible enough to fool the other players. I'll then read all of the definitions, and you'll each get a chance to guess which one is the real deal. You'll get two points if you get the correct definition, and another point for each player who guesses your fake definition. The first player to reach a score of 18 gets nothing, but we call that person the winner for some reason. Oh, and just one more thing. Uh, If nobody susses out the real definition in a round, your host, that is to say, me, good old Steve Lutz, gets five stinking points. Since I promised you all that math would not be involved, I'll just tell you that means if you screw up four times, I win, and nobody goes home happy except the listeners who seem to delight in our suffering. So, are you ready for some low definition? I gotta go. So ready. (laughs) Hype, 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 hype. I'm gonna take that as a yes. Hype. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna do something crazy here, and I'm gonna start us off with round one. (gasps) Random. Again. (laughs) I played round one last time I played this (laughs) game. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it is the best round. I feel like we're in a rut here, but it's too late for me to get out of it tonight. 
So we'll start with round one, and the word for round one is quartin. Quartin. That's spelled Q-U-A-R-T-A-N. Quartin. Please send me your definitions for the word quartin now. It's possible I had too much coffee this morning, and this afternoon, and this evening. I had like two pots of tea today, so yeah. How much is a pot of tea? Dan knows it's a lot. Yeah, I had I had two pots of tea today as well, Jason. It's like like eight cups of tea. tea. Yeah, (laughs) it's a lot of tea. It's a lot of tea. It's so exciting that you two are here to drag each other down again. It's been a long time since you've been know, on the same right? show. Yeah, I really felt like I had I escaped cra- that particular black hole. I got to craft an answer that Dan will pick. Well, yeah, I mean, how hard do you have to work? I pick it anyway, no matter what it is. That's a good point. <laughs> all right, all of the definitions are in for the word quartin. And I'm sorry to say, we may have a ringer in our midst, because in the first round, we already have an entry in the sad face column of my spreadsheet. <gasps> That's the column that gets a number in it when somebody gets the correct definition. In this case, it wasn't exactly right, but it was pretty darn close. Close enough that I had to accept it. So three points to Kelly Gamont. Oh. (gasps) Wow, really? I'm always disappointed when it isn't me, even if I was guessing. (laughs) If you guess it right the first round, yeah, you get lost. Yeah, because I I was in there. Yeah, that would have been a surprise. Yeah. So, I will now read you the remaining definitions, and uh, those of you who remain, that means everybody but Kelly, gets to guess which one is real. So, here we go. The word was quartin. One-fourth of a farm. A fever that recurs every fourth day. A unit of measure reserved for frozen dairy products, equivalent to 1.2 quarts. An administrative subdivision of a country. A Scottish plaid pattern associated with the Mackenzie clan. Hmm. Or oversized pants fastened above a pot belly. (laughs) One of those is the real definition for quartan. And the first to get to guess which one that is, is Tiff. I love going first so much. Um, one fourth of a farm. Okay. Because it seems like something that could be guessed or known. That's that's my strategy here. Damn it, Kelly. Damn it, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. I, I, I didn't mean to. I really yeah, didn't. Yeah, that's what they all said. Ruined everything. Next up is Jason. Succeeding. Jason. Tell me what a quartin is. In the honor of uh, in honor of my wife who once worked at a frozen food distributor, I'm going to mm-hmm. choose a unit of measure reserved for frozen dairy products. Okay. I can't stop you. <laughs> you could. <laughs> okay, Dan, you're up. Uh, Steve, I'd like to buy the farm. <laughs> well, I only have one fourth of it for sale right now. Is that acceptable? All right. uh, I'll buy that. All right. Kelly doesn't get to guess, so we move on to Micah. Whew, okay. Stuck between two. I either want that farm or I want that fever. No, wait, I don't want that fever. Um, but it's I do want that fever. fever. I'm going to go, you're giving me fever. <laughs> so give me fever, a fever, please. A fever that recurs every fourth day for Micah. I hear the only prescription is cowbell. Mm. <laughs> I got a fever. <laughs> uh, Monty. 
Um, I like the chutzpah of whoever did the jeans one, not looking at quarter or rhyming with tartan. So jeans for me. You mean the oversized <laughs> pants? That's the one, yeah. Oversized yes, okay. pants over oversized a pot belly. Pants. Excellent. He Love saw it. he saw jeans then. Well, these are all good answers, but only one of them is the actual <laughs> definition. Uh, and so let's hear uh, let's hear how that all went down. Let's start with Tiff and Dan, both of whom thought that a quartin is one fourth of a farm. Actually, that's the answer that Monty submitted. So two points to Monty. Hooray! <laughs> Speaking of Monty, he thought that a quartin or quartin. Uh, is oversized pants fastened above a pot belly. <laughs> I don't know why he thought that, especially given that it was Tiff's answer, but uh, sometimes you got to reward an answer just for sheer I want some kookiness. pants now. And I accept. <laughs> Micah, meanwhile, thought that a quartin is a fever that recurs fever. every fourth day. And he is absolutely correct. That oh. is a quartin. Yes, yes. That's terrible. I have questions about. I'd like to speak to your medical advisor, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, why does it? Yeah, why does the fever keep coming back? That's terrifying. I prescribe regular applications of "Don't Fear the Reaper." Uh, Jason, (laughs) meanwhile, thought that quartin was a unit of measure reserved for frozen dairy products, equivalent to one point two quarts. Wouldn't it be really exciting if that was also the right definition? <laughs> Why would they make something that's what slightly larger than a quart, but almost sounds like quart? Like, uh, dairy comes in quarts. I've seen because it. it's frozen. Yeah. It's the it's confusing because the the have volume changes, a, and I don't know. Have you ever bought a quart of ice cream? It's also Micah's definition. So one more point to Micah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great great fake answer, Micah. Yay. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. So after that round, uh, we have a tie for the lead with three points each. Kelly and Micah. Uh, Coming up in third place with two points is Monty. In fourth with one point, Tiff. Everybody else has nada. But it's early yet, and we can move on to round two, where we have a completely new word with completely new definitions. And uh, let's just put that last one behind us, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) So the word for round two is... Vomer. Vomer. That's spelled V-O-M-E-R. Vomer. Please send me your definitions for the word vomer. Is it not? It's not vomer. Just check now. I believe it is vomer. Oh, man. Das vomer. Oh, you know, it might be pronounced vomer. Let's go with vomer. What about vomer? Vomer. I found another pronunciation where it was vomer. And uh, now I'm seeing one that's Bomer. So it's possibly it could be either one. This Pick changes your everything. Yes, I know. <laughs> all right, all of the definitions are in for the word for round two, which was Vomer. Or possibly Vomer. Who knows? Nobody researches this thing. At any rate, let's go with Vomer for this, uh, for all intents and purposes here. And uh, the definitions are as such. The gasket around a clothes dryer door. Air Force slang for someone who throws up while on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) A portable hand cart for use in a mine. 
I just it love fit. it when I use my homer to find some treasure. <laughs> you know how many evils I can put in one of them there bombers? <laughs> All right, getting back on track here. Vomer or Vomer. A fish found in the brackish waters of the Baltic Sea, frequently used as an ingredient in Swedish cooking. Mm, brackish? A thin, flat bone which separates the nostrils. A wooden leg. <laughs> <laughs> or a town crier. Extra, extra. One of those is the real definition for vomer or vomer. Take your pick. And the first to get to guess amongst them is the dog. What do you think, dog? (laughs) Body slam. Dog has nothing nothing more to say. So I guess, Jason, you're up. Uh, I have no idea. And so I'm just going to go with the town crier. All right. Seems like a nice guy. Hmm? Good old Vomer. <laughs> when in doubt, go with the town crier. Sure. He's got a job. He's a good provider. I think this is a good match. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dan. What was the first one again? The I rest of them wiped it from my memory. The gasket around a closed dryer door. Wow. Mm. Gosh. I don't know if that has a name. All right. Who's, who's, that should. who's sitting Everything in a laundry has a room right now? <laughs> is that an aglet? Oh, damn. It's me. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's you, Jason. <laughs> Uh, I am going to go with the, oh, Jesus. I'm going to go with the, no, I don't like any of these. They're all terrible, especially the one I wrote. Um, I'm going to go, I'll go with the gasket. Sure. I'll blow go, the gasket. Go <laughs> with the gasket. Sure. Please right don't. All right. Gasket for Dan. Kelly. Um, I'm going to go with the cooking, fi- the fish, the brackish, the brackish fish. fish. Okay. Mm. Sounds delicious. Micah. In my heart, it's a wooden leg, but in my mind, it's a <laughs> My gas- God, you should get that heart. checked out. <laughs> it's a wooden heart. To, to, <laughs> yes, to pair mm. with my wooden lungs. Uh, I'm going to go with the gasket round the clothes dryer oh. door. All right. A lot of love for the gasket. That's the only love that matters. If you had a wooden heart and you turned into a vampire, you could only be killed with a steak made out of meat. <laughs> meat yeah, <laughs> a meat steak. Mm, which I, I one of those right hate. now. <laughs> Do you have to? Can you just eat it? Yeah. No, you would meat die steak. because you're a vampire with a wooden I, heart. Are you not hey, paying Monty. attention? Huh? What's that? As long as you're saying stuff, uh, what do you think of armor is? <laughs> uh, I would go with that Air Force One. Okay, Air Force One. Yeah, great movie. Get off my plane, Tiff. (laughs) All right. I'm going with the logic that there is always a minecart level. So I'm picking the minecart. All right. Portable handcart for use in a mine at at risk of hearing the prospector voice Mm -hmm. again. Oh, I have a risk I want to take. (laughs) Okay. Do it. Someone do it. All right. That's an acceptable risk. I'm with you there. Well, all the answers are in. So uh, let's see who got what. Dan and Micah both thought that a vomer was a gasket around a clothes dryer door. That actually was Kelly's answer, so two more nice. for Kelly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Micah thought that, uh, I'm sorry, Monty thought that vomer was Air Force slang for someone who throws up while on a plane. Like a B-17 vomer, I guess. Um, 
<laughs> but he was wrong. That was Dan's answer. That One was, point for Dan. That, that was literally how I came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff thought that a vomer was a portable handcart for use in a mine. I like to use my wooden leg and get it inside the handcart. <laughs> Where's my vomer? You shouldn't put a leg in a handcart, silly. That's for legs. <laughs> I mean, I have her hands. Hands. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna just go to ask the town crier about it. <laughs> oh my God! What what's happening? Did I did I tell you? Okay, wait a minute. So Tiff went with the portable handcart for use in a mine, and uh, that Where's actually that? was my, that was Monty's answer there. <sighs> I should so one point for Monty. Portable. Oh, those adjectives. Jason thought that a vomer was a town crier. No, that was Micah's answer. So oh, one Micah. point for Micah. I'm you in got, your head. You got now. my number. You're, you're in my head with a wooden leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Kelly, meanwhile, was leg. feeling the fish found in the brackish waters of the Baltic Sea, frequently used as an ingredient in Swedish bork, cooking. Bork, bork. If you're Jason Snell, that may be true, but mm. for everybody else, it's a filthy <laughs> lie. So, oh, no. it was a wooden leg? that means that no. nobody correctly guessed the Uh-oh. meaning of the word vomer, which is. A thin, flat bone which separates what? the nostrils. Oh, Ew. boring. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> well, maybe it's a vomer. I thought that was the septum. Yeah, I thought that was the septum. The cartilage is the septum, yep. but there, the I guess there is also a bone in there. Is that just a nose? That's not what it is. What if I have a wooden septum? No, it's septum? a little in a skeleton. It's the little thin bone <laughs> well, between well, the sides. We've had those definitions before. We should know better, people. <sighs> All right. Well, that round was cool. <laughs> <laughs> After round two, we have a tie for first with five points each. It's Kelly and this guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> In second place with four points is Micah Sargent. Uh, in fourth place with three, it's Monty Ashley. And everybody else has one point each. Yay. So nobody's got nothing, which is exciting. And again, it's early time. So let's move on to round three, where the word was actually provided by our good friend, Panelist Glenn. Oh, Panelist Glenn. Let's see if that piece of of information helps you at all. And the word, (laughs) and uh, Glenn, you can explain this to your kids yourself. I'm not doing it. The word is (laughs) formication. (laughs) Formication, that's F-O-R-M-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. Formication. Look, if Glenn doesn't explain these words at home, they're just going to pick them up on the street. (laughs) They're going to hear them on the street. They'll hear them on the street. (sighs) All righty. Please send me your definitions for the word formication. Now. Californication. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Going whole hog here. <laughs> has everyone has anyone ever gone half hog? Don't use the don't use the whole hog. You never go half hog. You go off half you don't want to go off half hog. <laughs> I yeah. like to cook half a hog. <laughs> <laughs> I wheel it right up to the barbecue in my handcart. <laughs> oh all good. Look at this. All the definitions are in for the word formication. What say I read these definitions I got here and um you know, you guys can uh, figure out which one's the real one. The word, thanks to Glenn, is formication. A condition that causes fainting in cold weather. A system of tunnels built by ants. 
What is this? A tunnel for ants? <laughs> <laughs> it's from that movie. <laughs> to behave like an ant. Oh. Hmm. How is ant spelled? A <laughs> J <laughs> N Tilda. Thank you. Swinton. Swinton. <laughs> All right. So that was to behave like an ant. The next definition is phallic shaped foliage. Oh, God. <laughs> foliage? The, the word is foliage. Foliage? Yes. Foliage? How's that spelled? Just kidding, please don't. P-H-O-L-I-A-G-E. <laughs> this is more fun that way. F-A-U-X-L-I-A-G-E. Foliage. It's not real. We also have the process of coding an object in Formica. For me. A sensation <laughs> like insects crawling over the skin. Or... A printing term describing the interplay of two different typefaces. That sounds like a <laughs> interplay, huh? That sounds like somebody trying to be Glenn. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that count as glenning too? Everything counts as glenning. Okay. All right. So one of those is the real definition. Ah, uh, first to get to guess which one it is is Dan this round. Oh, so Dan. Goody. Oh man, do love going first. Ah. Uh, I will select the feeling of insects crawling over your skin, which sounds awful. Just awful. But crawling plausible. Sure. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Um, I think I'm going to go with the insects. All right. Started people, people liking the insects. I, Wh which one is this one? Yeah. No, no, no. There, there are two ants and there, an insect. There are two ants and an insect. Did you want one of the ants? No. They walk into a bar. No. Insects on the skin. Insects on the skin. All right. Skin sex. Skin skin nope. Oh, hey. Hey, now. Glenn's kids. Glenn's kids. Go, go to bed. bed. Mm -hmm. I was just combining two words together. Uh -huh. Micah. Disgusting. Micah, you're up. Disgusting. Okay. Um, is this a tunnel for ants? Or... <laughs> is it eggplant shaped foliage uh wow i'm gonna go with the sensation of insects crawling on the skin <laughs> that was, oh that was boy of those things <laughs> sorry about that everyone's piling on all right monty you on board for insects nah nah i'm going with these tunnels <laughs> all right go with the tunnels Tiff. Uh, see, now I'm nervous. Do I pile on with Monty or everybody else? They're encouraging spreading. Don't do it. I know. Well, it's in the name of Glenn. He likes the spread. So he does. He loves he that loves, spread. He loves Nutella. a good spread. Nobody loves a spread more than Glenn. <laughs> you know, meats, cheeses, all the things. Cookie butter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Smorgasbord. Oh. Man. Oh, I'm sorry, Glenn. I'm going to go against your name and join the pile. Of the, the pile of insects. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's four for the insect pile. And uh, that leaves Jason. <sighs> Formication. Pile, pile on the pile. All I ever wanted. Formication. Got to get away to a system of tunnels built by ants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, 
sounds like you said that. That sounds that's like a nice place to go. Spend some days. Well, then, this will be a very short reveal. We have uh, Monty and Jason, both of whom thought that formication was a system of tunnels built by ants. Actually, that was a fake definition built by Dan's. (laughs) (laughs) Which leaves us with Dan, Kelly, Micah, and Tiff, all of whom went with a sensation like insects crawling over the skin. Could be another five points for me, or it could be two points for a whole lot of people. And it is two points for a whole lot of people. Yes! Formication is a sensation like insects crawling over the skin. Yay, but ew, but yay. (laughs) So thank you, Glenn, for putting that delightful thought in our heads. I have uh, a friend who very much likes insects, and I thought I'd heard this term before, and it played out well. Insect friend, thank you very much. Well, Dan and Monty both went with ants, so I'm assuming there's some sort of a, yeah, a prefix somewhere. Is that yeah, formic? Is a, yeah, is it's a French now. for ant is F O U R M I, and formica huh. is called that because, because it, it looks, looks like, like ants ant crawling around. Yeah, okay, oh. that makes sense. Hmm. Fascinating. You, know, you learn so many yeah. things on this show. Mostly things and you didn't want to forget them almost immediately. Yeah, well, let's hope so. <laughs> Whether you want to or not. So after round four, we have a clear leader with seven points. It's Kelly. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Don't get too excited, though. Close behind you is Micah with six points. Tied for third with five points each. We've got Dan and me. Uh, in fifth place, tied with three points each, Tiff and Monty. And bringing up the rear, as is his want, yep. is Jason with one point. It's nice back here. It's rest of, restful. Restful. Yes. That's what happens en- when you go half hog. <laughs> That's right. He enjoys the peace and quiet of the starting squares. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on to round four. You know, I like words and all, but uh, let's do something a little different this round. This is a round that I call plop, plop, fizz, fizz. <laughs> Gross. Mm. I'm going to give you the, uh, I'm going to give you a company and a date period during which they were running a particular ad campaign. I just want you to tell me what their advertising slogan was during that time period. Okay. Uh, so previously, I believe we had uh, the British Hat Council and their big advertising <laughs> slogan in a particular period of time was, if you want to get ahead, get a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I need more hats. I just decided that. Oh so uh, our candidate for this <laughs> this. This round is uh, Stop at Deodorant. I want you to tell me what their advertising slogan was in the grand old year of 1950. Could you repeat the name, please? Stop at, that's S-T-O-P-E-T-T-E, deodorant. So please send me their advertising slogan in 1950. Now. How terrified would you be if we all did exactly that? (laughs) (laughs) I would not be that shocked with this group, to be honest. There's a lot of useless knowledge floating around out there, and you guys have the market cornered on most of it. (laughs) All right, all of the artisanally crafted answers are now in. (laughs) I don't know why I cared so much about that. (laughs) Amazingly, nobody had the correct 1950s advertising slogan for Stop at Deodorant. What? No. Some of us are vampires with wooden hearts is why. So you're all going to have to guess. (laughs) Wooden legs. Legs. You're right. You're right. So these are your options Uh, for stop at deodorant. Poof. There goes perspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why didn't I write that? (laughs) Be a flower. Be a lady. Yeah. 
I'm, oh I'm my sorry, God. what? No, Gross. no, don't read that again. <laughs> be a flower. <laughs> be a lady. Luck be a lady. Luck oh. be a lady. If you're thinking that you're stinking, stop at deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> stop at <it>, deodorant. <laughs> sorry, ladies. He didn't use stop at. <laughs> Never let him see you sweat. Oh, that sounds right. <laughs> if you've got B.O., we'll stop it. <laughs> or stop at deodorant. Never leave home without it. Those are your options. You take it with you? <laughs> it, I believe you can't take very it quickly. I believe you can't take you it with you. You can't take it with you. You'll be reapplying this every 10 minutes. Stop it. <laughs> And the first to get to guess which is the real advertising slogan is Kelly. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah. As awful as it sounds, I have to go with the be a flower, be a lady. (laughs) (laughs) Because that sounds like somebody trying to sell me something in 1950. That's why. (laughs) Fair enough. Micah. I'm going to have to go with sorry, ladies. He didn't use stop it. Monty Ashley. I also like sorry ladies. All right. All the sorry ladies. <laughs> Me too. All the sorry ladies. They, they tend to have low standards. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Poof. He's gone. Tiff. Oh, I mean, the flower one is pretty great. Gotta say. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say never let them see you sweat because it rhymes. Never let them see you sweat. Stop it. Jason. I got to go with be a flower, be a lady. Just think, I mean, the visualization of it. Be a flower, be a lady. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. It's like a very poorly thought out finishing school. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Be a flower, be a lady. And that leaves the one, the only Dan Morin. Dan. What was the poof one again? Poof. There, there goes, goes perspiration. perspiration. Yeah, I'm going with that. All right. Stop it. Man, I hope that isn't it, because that's the one I almost picked. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with that one. Dan Morin thought that Stop It Deodorant slogan in 1950 was poof. It's never, never good to go first. <laughs> there goes perspiration. And he is absolutely correct. <gasps> that was the advertising slogan. Oh, it for is Stop It Deodorant, apparently. You tricksy trickster. Oh, man. Okay, then who snowed me? Well, Kelly, you and Jason both thought Be a Flower, Be a Lady was their slogan. In fact, that was the artisanally crafted answer of Tiff Arment. <laughs> oh, nice. It did take Man. a long time. That makes sense. Yeah, it, you got to get in their minds. That's, that's right. Wow. Know your audience. Know your audience. Uh, Monty and Micah both thought that, sorry, ladies, he didn't use stop at. It sounded right. It was wrong. And it was Jason's answer. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. <laughs> Win some, you lose some. I didn't use stop it. And stop that it. leaves Tiff, who thought never let him see you sweat was the correct advertising slogan. I believe that actually is an advertising slogan for a deodorant company in the more modern yeah. age. Yes. Secret, I think. 
Uh, in this case, it was written by Dan or copied by Dan shamelessly. <laughs> it's copywriting. Wow. What do you want? It's plagiarizing. It's never leave home without it. Isn't that American? It's American. Express. 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 Don't leave home without it. Close enough. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> well, that was that was just a clever ploy that didn't work at all. <laughs> it did not. I even criticized my own answer, hoping yep. that. Plagiarism. Yeah, so nobody went with Micah's stop it deodorant, never leave home without it. Nobody went with Monty's if you've got BO, we'll stop it, which I thought was quite good. (laughs) That's pretty good. And also left unmolested was Kelly's if you're thinking that you're stinking, stop at deodorant. (laughs) Oh, God. So for a change, yeah, for a change, no points for Kelly that round. Weird. (laughs) I knew my streak would come to an end. Which means that Dan is in the lead now with eight points. Oh, no. It'll never last. Ah. Kelly falls to a close second with seven points. In third place with six is Micah. Tied for fourth with five is Tiff and myself. Uh, In sixth place with three each, Jason and Monty. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Hey, Monty. (laughs) Good to have you. All righty, then. Let's move on to round five, which is a standard round. In this case, the word was provided by our good friend, Listener Andrew. Oh, oh Listener oh, Andrew. Listener Andrew. There it is. Mm-hmm. And the word that Andrew provided is growlery. Growlery. That's G-R-O-W-L-E-R-Y. Growlery. Please, won't you send me your definitions for the word growlery? Now. Now, are you sure it's growlery and not growlery? Growlery. I do, every time I play this game. I do, in fact, look up the uh, pronunciations for all of these when they're available. I don't know how that uh, bomber vomer thing <laughs> snuck past me. Now, I should say that a lot of people were thinking on the same wavelength here. In fact, I'm going to combine two of these answers that are so similar... How dare that, you? That, uh, that they're, they're too close to each other. But if somebody guesses that particular answer, both of you will get points. They're so similar that they're close to each other. You'll find that there are many fine distinctions between some of these answers. So. <laughs> Choose carefully. The word, the word was growlery. And here are the definitions. A facility for the produc- production excuse me, of bottles, especially those used for beverages. A maker of jugs for beer. (laughs) (laughs) You growler, you. A place to retreat to when one is in a bad mood. Uh, Growl. (laughs) Grr, baby. Very grr. It's going to my growlery. I like it way better (laughs) than man cave. (laughs) It's like a man cave, but for (laughs) a jug factory. I like this that they're getting you come by for being too close. Like one of them is for beer, and the other one is just generic jugs. I okay. like that. I feel they're getting more and more terse. We also have a small cabinet used to store drinkware, typically on display in a bar, or a wildlife refuge where bears are raised. <laughs> oh, oh, two <laughs> clear schools of thought on this one. Yes, oh, indeed. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right. So, um, yeah. Micah, you're actually up. Okay. I'm going to... Man, I want to go to my bad mood place. 
You're moving growl, place? I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't care if that's not real. I'm going to make a room in my house, my growlery. Your growlery, sure. Fair enough. It's like and a gallery where you stock growl. it with bears while you're at it. <laughs> Might as well. Okay, Monty. I like the sound of this cabinet. Okay. Seems plausible enough. Tiff. It's so ridiculous. I think I'm also going to go with the moppy place growlery. <laughs> the moppy place? Yes. The moppy place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Jason, do you also want to go to the growlery? I do. And it's a place where really? I retreat when I'm in a bad mood, yes. Okay, sure. Next up is Dan. Uh, I, you know what? Someone should pick that wildlife refuge. Why not me? <laughs> Why not? Because it's a bad answer, it's Dan. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably wrong. And that leaves Kelly. Um, I'm going to go uh, bad mood man cave. Bad Moon Man Cave. <laughs> I see a bad moon man cave. <laughs> all of the guesses are in, so uh, let's see how that all how that all fell. Uh, Monty was really excited to guess that it was a small cabinet used to store drinkware, typically on display in a bar. And uh, Micah benefits from that because that was his answer. Hey. Dan Morin thought that a growlery was a wildlife refuge where bears are raised. I want to believe, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, believe that Kelly just got a point from you. All right. You're welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Everybody else completely not heeding Glenn's concerns about the spread, which I'm pretty sure he's saying right now as he listens to this, <laughs> went the with spread. a place to retreat when one is in a bad mood. Is that a growlery? Please. Oh, Lord. I hope or so. Or are you all going to be in a bad mood and need somewhere to retreat to? Someone just whoop all of us of points. That's a growlery. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. I didn't get the points, but I'm so glad it's a growlery. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> so two points each to Micah, Tiff, Jason, and Kelly for that. Oh, my God. I need to know more about a growlery so I can build one. Well, so, well Micah, sometimes you get in an angry mood of the mind yeah. and you need to retreat. <laughs> When your hand caught falls apart and you just don't know what to do, you and don't there aren't any more fish in the Baltic Sea. Farms, remembers? I retreat to my growlery and pull out a growler and have a sip of alcohol. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so after round five, here's how the scores are. Uh, Kelly's got ten points. She's in the lead. Second place with nine points is Micah. In third place with <gasps> yes. eight is Dan. In fourth with seven is Tiff. In fifth, tied with five points each, Jason and me. Hey, Steve. And uh, bringing up the rear, it's Monty. Mm. He'll get it together here soon. I did well once. (laughs) (laughs) Once. Once. Long ago, I did well. Once. (laughs) Yeah, back Mm. in the day. And that means it's time for round six, which uh, I believe we all know is the crazy round. Retreat to right. growleries. It's the round. <laughs> the crazy round. Anything could happen here, guys. So, and the word for round six, the crazy round, is boostrafedin. Bless you. Of course, yes. Boostrafedin. Boostrafedin. That's spelled B O U S T R O P H E D O N. Boostrafedin. Please send me your definitions for the word 
Boostrophedon. Now. It's not Boostrophedon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new kind of dinosaur yes. they just found. Just, yes. <laughs> the Boostrophedon. The Boostrophedon. <laughs> the mighty Boostrophedon. The mighty Boostrophedon. Look ye upon the mighty bo- Boostrophedon and despair. <laughs> 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 I'm just picturing it. Oh. All righty. So these are the definitions for booster feeding. I'm going to read them now. No one can stop me. A meter frequently used in classical French poetry. Written from right to left and from left to right in alternating lines. What? <laughs> <laughs> A stimulant medication used to encourage esophageal contractions. Oh, boy. Bacteria carried by birds, which can be fatal to some species of hippopotamus. Just specifically. It's got serious so fast. A duel with pitchforks. (laughs) A three-wheeled Roman chariot. Or a fastener on a Roman tunic. Mm. Huh. Got Roman there at the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you don't want to stay in the same place for too long. One of those really is the definition for booster feeding. And Monty. What? You really are the first to guess this time. <laughs> the only one of those that delights me when I picture it is the pitchfork duel. So I'm going to have to okay. go with that one. <laughs> Find your bliss. Follow your bliss. How about you, Cletus? (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens moments after the American Gothic painting. (laughs) Tiff. Get off my lawn. All right. I'm going to go to the right to left, left to right. Okay. Although, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going for. Sounds great. Jason. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Wow. You know, um... There are all those pictures of hippos with the birds on them. Like birds sure. stand on hippos. Yeah. yeah, sure. So it sounds like that, you know, those birds are probably not washing. Uh, <laughs> and that's why I'm going to pick written from right to left and left to right in alternating lines. What? Sorry, hippos. <laughs> Threw me off. Man. Tough night for the hippos. <laughs> Dan. That'll be fine. I am going to choose the uh, toga fastener. Toga. Okay. Toga. Roman toga. tunic toga. was, in fact, the word. Tunic. Sure. Tunic, toga, whatever. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Whoa. Way different, friend. Yeah. Know what you're doing. <laughs> you ever go to the tunic parties in uh, college? Woo. Yeah, they were <laughs> tunic. <laughs> tunic. <laughs> Kelly. <were> far classier. <laughs> um, Before we go too far down this rabbit hole. <laughs> you're so late on that. Um, I'm going to go with the classical French poetry meter. All right. As read by dinosaurs. Wow, this French poetry weighs in at 17 booster feedings. <laughs> you know, it says here you're full up. You got to put in another quarter to get the rest of your sonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Micah. I have the same rationale as Jason, but I'm actually going to choose the birdie, turdy, dirty feet yeah. uh, with bacteria on them <laughs> okay. and the hippos, those poor, poor hippos. Save the hippos, friends. Save the hippos. All right. Well, that does it for the guessing. Now it's all over but the screaming. <laughs> guessing? Oh, my God. Wait, where's was a guess? Oh. 
That was no guess, sir. (laughs) (laughs) No, it really wasn't. So uh, let's start with Kelly, who thought that booster feeding was a meter frequently used in classical French poetry. That was actually Jason's definition. One point to Jason. Nice job, Jason. I was convinced. (laughs) Dan thought that a booster feeding was a fastener on a Roman tunic. That was Monty's answer. Monty. You wear those fasteners. Speaking of Monty, he was delighted by the pitchfork duel, which was lovingly crafted by Tiffany Arment. Thanks. Good I like answer. to picture them dueling while Man. on top of Boostrophodons. <laughs> I have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Micah didn't guess, but knew deep inside that deep a Boostrophedon was a bacteria carried by birds which can be fatal to some species of hippopotamus we like hippos not all of them just certain ones that was in fact kelly's answer mm. so one point to kelly tiff and jason both thought that uh booster feeding was written from right to left and from left to right in alternating lines what do you know that's a booster feeding yeah wow yep. most boring oh, man. that was there's a word for guess. that i don't know why but there it is such a great fall yeah. from my image of the Boostrophodon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right? That's so much worse than the Boostrophodon. So much worse. We, we do need to come up with a, a word for a duel with pitchforks, though. That needs yeah. to happen now. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Especially one that takes place on the backs of booster, Boostrophodons. Be- mm-hmm. Oh, joust dre- dinosaur jousting with pitchforks. Dinosaur yeah. jousting with pitchforks. I know what my next... I know what my next TKO picture for t-shirts is going to be. Next time we'll just do a whole episode where I just wheel out the old definitions that everybody liked and you guys all vote on which one is your favorite fake word that means that. I want the artists to get to work right now. And then it's official. We'll talk talk to the Webster people. Mm -hmm. We'll make it happen. All right. So after the craziest of rounds, round six, our leader is Kelly. She's got 11 points. Following hot on her heels is Tiff with 10. <clears throat> in, third with, in third with nine is Micah. Whoa. Tied, tied, for fourth. <laughs> tied for fourth with eight points each. Jason. Huh? And Dan. <laughs> what? In sixth with five points is me. <laughs> and in last place with four, closing in on me, is Monty Ashley. I care. <laughs> Uh, oh boy well well that was a crazy round all right so uh why don't we uh why don't we bring things back to sanity by leaving the world of words and doing a round that i call paperback writer this round is usually called goodwill reading because i usually pick a book out of the goodwill or out of the local little lending library but in this case i was presented with a book of such thrilling uh ramifications that i simply had to go straight to a book that uh some of you may already be familiar with it's a harlequin western romance that i'm talking about oh god it is and uh the way this round works uh for those of you who haven't done this before is i'm going to give you the title of a book i'm going to read you the blurb on the back and you are going to write for me the first sentence of that book and if you get it exactly right, low definition is done, and we will never play it again. <laughs> no pressure. So the title for this particular Harlequin Western romance is Rodeo Baby by Mary Sullivan. I knew it. Yes, that's right. The oh, author God. of Rodeo Rancher and Rodeo Father is back with Rodeo Baby. So here's the blurb on the back. 
This is all caps. <laughs> a small town. A big surprise. This is no longer all caps. Handsome strange men are not on Violet Summer's radar. Yes, Violet Summer. Especially ones sitting in her diner in two new cowboy gear. She'll eat an old boot if Sam Michaels is a real cowboy. Nope, there's a reason Mr. Phony Cowboy and his teenage daughter are here in Rodeo, Montana. And she'll find out the truth. Sam just wants to get back to New York. He doesn't need complications, like the gorgeous diner owner who irritates and intrigues him at the same time. Or a simmering attraction that results in one unforgettable night and an unexpected bun in the oven. <gasps> Everyone mm-hmm. expected that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the title. Literally everybody. Now he's torn between his big city life and becoming a real cowboy for good. So that's on the back of the jacket of Rodeo Baby by Mary Sullivan. Your simple task is just to send me the first sentence of Rodeo Baby. Now. Steve, is this just a sneaky way to get us to write another installment of your best-selling Harlequin romance (laughs) cowboy series? (laughs) I'm having a real block here. I just need the first sentence. (laughs) I have so many first sentences right now. I can totally roll from there. (laughs) All right. Well, all the first sentences are in. I, I actually looked it up. I think Rodeo Rancher came out in January of this year, and Rodeo Father came out in March, and in July, here comes Rodeo Baby. So, Man, I cannot turn around books that fast. <laughs> well, you're not exactly writing Rodeo Baby. I Maybe I should be. Maybe you should. So all of the first sentences are in. I'm going to read them now. Not in a prospector voice, however. But a cowboy voice instead, which is slightly different and sounds like this. Oh, it sounds exactly the same (laughs) as my prospector voice, because I don't do a very good cowboy voice. So here are the first sentences that you sent. So this is all your own faults. He reminded me of my horse. (laughs) (laughs) Usually you get at least into chapter two before you find out whether he reminds you of a horse or not. Makes me want to read the second yeah. sentence. Is <laughs> <laughs> a real hook? <laughs> the steamy air behind the counter forced another bead of sweat from my brow. As Violet Summer poured coffee for another customer, she reflected on how perfect her life was, with no children or love interests to get in the way of her modern, independent lifestyle as the owner of the best diner in Rodeo. What the? That's a sentence. <laughs> you didn't read the punctuation. Tell. How many semicolons are there? I sense complications coming for Violet yeah, Summer, guys. <laughs> Look out, Violet! The second Violet Summer laid eyes on the stranger, an unreasonable swell of sexual awareness bloomed. Whoa! Whoa. Oh my god! That's really early in the book. Unreasonable! <laughs> that is just... I mean, it is the third book, right? So we got to just get in it. Unreasonable. <laughs> if your unreasonable swell lasts for more than four hours, <laughs> never take Boostrophidon again. <laughs> and do not it's indulge in fornication. In fornication. In fornication. Insects crawling on your skin? No, don't do that. Because <laughs> before you know it, rodeo baby. 
<laughs> Violet knew there was something wrong about him the moment he walked in the door of the rodeo diner. The shine of the stranger's cowboy boots was brighter than a penny that had just rolled out of the mint. Or, here I am, stuck in a diner in Rodeo, Montana, and me without my dueling pitchfork, <laughs> Sam thought. <laughs> it did not say that. It did say that. Quite a coincidence. Interesting. I know. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. Okay. Those are the first sentences. One of them is legit. So the first to get to pick amongst these wonderful sentences is Tiff. <sighs> hmm. I'm going to go with the long one. The longest one. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to go with the long one. He reminded me of my horse. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <Yeah. laughs> nope. <laughs> the other long one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jason. The other longer one. Um, I like the shine of his cowboy boots. Sure. Who wouldn't? They're so shiny. Brighter than a penny that just rolled out of the mint. Yep. The cut of his jib. They really did do a better job of keeping those pennies in the mint. Dan. Um, was there one early on about something about a bead of sweat? There sure was. The first one was. Second one, I'm sorry. No, the steamy air behind the counter forced another bead of sweat from my brow. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I carefully consider all my options. Indeed. Before picking something at random. Yes. Kelly. Uh, I'm go- the one that I had you read me, Violet knew there was something wrong about him. Something. The moment something, he something. walked in the door of the yeah. rodeo diner. All right, Micah. I have to go with that steamy bead of sweat. <laughs> okay. Ooh, it's getting hot in here. It Not is. the unreasonable swell. No one went unreasonable swell. Or the horse. <laughs> and that leaves Monte. Shiny penny, please. Shiny penny for you. Shiny penny for two. All right. So there we go. Let's start with uh, Dan and Micah. They both thought that Rodeo Baby starts with the steamy air behind the counter forced another bead of sweat from my brow. That was actually crafted by Tiff. Crafted well by done, Tiff. Tiff. Trademark. Keep watching the Thank clock, you. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff, meanwhile, went with, as Violet Summer poured coffee for another customer, she reflected on how perfect her life was with no children or love interest to get in the way of her modern independent lifestyle as the best diner in rodeo. <laughs> that was wrong. Wow. That was Monty's. Paid by the word. Mary oh, Sullivan paid Monty. by the word, clearly. <laughs> Mon- no, Monty paid by the word. Yep. That was amazing. One whole point for Monty. Paid zero cents per word. <laughs> I got a shiny penny. Ha ha, checkmate. <laughs> Kelly, meanwhile, thought that the book begins with Violet knew there was something wrong about him the moment he walked in the door of the rodeo diner. That actually was written by Jason. <laughs> uh, there's something wrong with that stranger. I know it. <laughs> Which leaves us with Jason and Monty, both of whom thought it began with the shine of the stranger's cowboy boots was brighter than a penny that had just rolled out of the mint. That actually rolled out of Dan Morin. That's how it's not easy being a professional. That's novel. how it should so, have been. That's how it should have started. That's how so it should have started. The moral is that we're all great at writing cowboy stories. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> except, except I believe did none of us get none of us got it. Nobody got the first one then. So nobody went with, he reminded me of my horse. Oh, that was gosh. Micah's answer. <laughs> oh, God. So it was the unreasonable 
What? Nobody Wait, went with the pitchfork oh. battle? Strangely enough, no. nobody went with here I am stuck in a diner, a diner in Rodeo, Montana, and me without my dueling pitchfork, Sam thought. That was Kelly. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> her hands up. Wow. Which means that Rodeo Baby begins with the following sentence. The second Violet Summer laid eyes on the stranger. Oh, An unreasonable, unreasonable swell, swell of sexual awareness. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Makes you want to go out and buy a Western romance, doesn't it? I've got an unreasonable swell of oh, discomfort. Mary, Mary, Mary Sullivan, honey, wait for, wait for chapter two. Wait for chapter two. Micah, it's, Micah that is perfectly reasonable. <laughs> your discomfort is reasonable. Yeah, your discomfort reasonably is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. So after round seven, Tiff is in the lead with 12. Kelly's right behind her with 11. Uh, Dan and myself, wow, look at that. Each have 10 points. Jason's right behind us with nine. So is Micah. He also has nine. Monty's got five. But, uh, wow, nobody's racing ahead here. So you got time, I think, Monty. What are we playing to? Uh, death. The end. Yeah. Oh, all right. Great. <laughs> playing to the rodeo, baby. 18 is the official finish line. Oh, okay. Funny oh, times. So let's hurriedly run to round eight, where the word is... Quandong. No, you Quandong. <laughs> Quandong. I heard about this on Random Pursuit, I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you heard about it there, too. It's from the kids' box. It's spelled Q-U-A-N-D-O-N-G. Of course it is. Quandong. Please <sighs> send me your definitions for the word Quandong. Now. Gotta look. Never mind. Oh, my God. I was about to say something horrible. This stu- this stupid rodeo baby is ruining my life. No, that that's wasn't, a good that first line. Thing. Oh, that's the how the sequel for the starts. Next book. <laughs> yep, that's how the sequel starts. That's good. I like it. All right, all of the answers are in for the word Quandong. I'm going to read them now. Here they are. A gregarious Asian water bird. <laughs> oh, those gregarious birdies. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Chinese rivers. <laughs> I'll show you around. <laughs> a sleigh designed to be pulled by cats. <laughs> by Boustropodons. <laughs> a small iron amulet used to ward off evil spirits. The lowest audible overtone when a gong is struck. (laughs) An Australian desert shrub, also known as the wild peach. The amount of rice used to feed a person for a year, used (laughs) as a measurement of currency. Or fruit from a shrub in Africa. So there you go. Those are the definitions for Kwandong. And the first guesser is Jason. I'm going to go with the amount of rice used to feed a person in a year. Okay. Uh, Dan. Um, I'm going to go for the fruit from a shrub in Africa. I bless the shrub down in Africa. Kelly. Uh, it's the wild peach. Oh. All right. Well, well matter with of authority. Fact. Oh, man. Now I'm regretting everything. I mean, obviously, choice. it's the wild peach. You idiots. 
<laughs> Micah. You know, I'm imagining an Australian shrub with just the peach emoji all over it, and you just pick that that peach. I got, I ha- of course. Anytime someone says the word peach, you got me. So don't make that your next definition. But I'm going to go with the Australian desert shrub with the wild peaches. A wild peach. All right, two for the wild peach, Monty. Um, I'm going to go for the other shrub one. Everyone's saying uh, what? Are they saying African shrub? Or? Dan went with Africa. Yeah. Oh. Kelly and Micah both went with oh. the wild peach in Australia. Now I'm in trouble. Yeah, I don't remember any of the other answers. And Jason yeah. picked rice or rice, something. Yeah. That gregarious water bird's still on the You're right. Deal. I'll take that gregarious water bird. <laughs> Work okay. in the spring. I, li- I like his style. Welcome to the river. <laughs> Got a little bow tie. <laughs> Have you seen the waterfall? Crack. <laughs> And that leaves Tiff. He's playing a banjo, too. <laughs> I'm going to go with the rice currency. Rice currency. All right. Well, let's start off with that uh, gregarious Asian water bird that Monty liked so much. That was actually provided by Jason. One point to Jason. Enjoy the waterfall. <laughs> you gregarious water bird. Jason and Tiff both went with the amount of rice used to feed a person for a year used as a measurement of currency. That was written by Dan. It's the amount of rice in the thing. Yeah, amount of rice in the thing. <laughs> rice in actually, that is actually a real thing, but that is not the okay. word. <laughs> it sounded real. Kelly and Micah both thought that a quandong is an Australian desert shrub, also known as the wild peach. Come on, come on, come on. And they are wildly correct. Uh, <gasps> yeah. Peach emoji never fails me. <laughs> That leaves Dan, who went instead for the fruit from a shrub in Africa, which was provided by Kelly. Thanks for providing that fruit from that shrub in Africa. Yeah. Well, I thought I knew, but it was the it was when he said wild peach. I actually know what that is. I've had it. Ooh, yeah, it well, like? As soon as you said it with that much certainty, I became convinced that that was the correct answer. Because <laughs> I was pretty sure it was some sort of fruit. But if only I'd gone after you instead of before you. <laughs> All righty then. So... After round eight, Kelly's in the lead. She's within striking distance, I think, at 14 points. Could take it this round. Uh, tied right behind her with 12 points each, Tiff and Dan. Then uh, with 11 points, we have Micah. And with 10 points each, Jason and myself. And Monty's hanging tough with five in the back. Mm. <laughs> Moving on to round nine. The word for round nine is... Glyrine. Glyrine. That's G-L-I-R-I-N-E. Glyrine. Could it be pronounced? Glyrin. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> no, the word is glyrine. So please send me your definitions for glyrine. Now. I can't believe no one picked my cat sled. You know, I'm a little disappointed in myself for not choosing. What, what rides on the cat sled? <laughs> Does it matter? More cats. I- I said questions. <laughs> All the definitions are in for the word glyrine. And once again, we have two very similar uh, answers, which I have combined. Once again, it's Jason and Dan on the same wavelength. Hmm. Uh, so one of those answers will not be read. And if anybody guesses the other one, you'll both get points. All right. These are the definitions that remain for glyrine. The name for the crust on your eyes when you wake up. Gross. <laughs> Rodent-like. 
That's it. That's all the answers. It was just those two. We all were very close. (laughs) (laughs) One of those is true. (laughs) A synthetic hormone used to reduce cortisol production in the body. Having a shiny or reflective appearance. (laughs) Sorry, I think of a human with that and it made me laugh. (laughs) A lacquer made from beetles. Or beetles spelled. B E E T L E S. John, Ringo, no. How is liquor spelled? Oh, no, lacquer. Got it. Or turkey droppings. Mm mm mm. Those be your options, mateys, for the word glyrine. And uh, our first to guess amongst them is Dan. Oh, fabulous. Um, Okay. Uh, I will go. There was what was the one in the middle that was not about hormones? <laughs> uh, ha- having a shiny or reflective appearance, or a lacquer made from beetles, Ooh. or rodent-like beetle mm-hmm. liqueur. Uh, and, and that the leaves la- the first and last, which are and not the last-, the last one was turkey droppings. Oh man! Yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't like it, but I'm going with it. All right, Kelly. I'm going to go with beetle lacquer. Beetle lacquer. Sis Boomba. Don't say it three <laughs> times, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, uh, Micah. I'm going to go with that shiny or reflective appearance. All right. Works for me, Monte. What was the first one again? The name for the crust on what? your eyes when you wake up. Gross. It's going to vomit everywhere. Yeah, let's go with that one. Right. Eye <laughs> goop. They can't really be called eye goop. Oh, my God. Like, that's no, so that's gross. Apple's They're upcoming goodies. product. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's an Apple Gwyneth Paltrow crossover. That's right. There oh. it is. Tiff, you're up next. Rodent-like. 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 Like, <laughs> like whoa, rodent like, rodent, rodent like, whatever, rodent like, <laughs> and Jason also rodent like, also rodent like. High five, man! Okie dokie. Well, let's start with that one then. Tiff and Jason both thought that glyrine meant rodent like, and glyrine does mean rodent like. Yeah. So two points each for Tiff and Jason. Oh man! Started to sound familiar afterwards. Damn it. Monty thought that glyrine might be the name for the crust on your eyes when you wake up. Yep. That was Kelly's answer. <laughs> Micah thought that uh, glyrine might be having a shiny or reflective appearance. That was actually Jason and or Dan's answer. So a point each. Hey, that, was Jason Jan. that was the clockwise yep. answer. <laughs> Those are good definitions, Jan. <laughs> Kelly thought that glyrine might be a lacquer made from beetles. That was Monty's. Who then demanded that I spell his answer to him. Thank you. (laughs) I just like my answer so much. I wanted to wallow in it. Say it slower. Dan, meanwhile, for some reason, thought that turkeys walk around dropping glyrine behind them. That was actually dropped by Tiff. So I'll point to Tiff for that. Yes. So after round nine, round nine, people, we have a tie. For first place, 15 each. That's Tiff and what? Kelly. Woo-hoo. Either one of them could do it this round. Right behind them, tied with 13 points apiece, Jason and Dan. 
Uh, Micah is not far back with 11. I've still got 10. Monty now has six. He's making his move, <laughs> yeah. people. Oh, no. Get out of the way. Stop, Monty. Mm. <laughs> Mockery, is it? So uh, let's do something a little different for round <laughs> oh, 10. Oh, God. Yes. Anything. <laughs> this is a round. Uh, it's a new round. I call it Lost Dogs. Mm. That's an acronym. Aww. It stands for Legislators Openly Squandering Tax Dollars on Goofy sh- Stuff. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about government officials, it's that they love their acronyms. In fact, it's estimated yes. that 1.3% of annual tax revenues are spent on knuckleheads in Congress sitting around coming up with cutesy acronyms for their bills. I just made that up. Anyhow, I'm going to give you an acronym that was used for a real piece of legislation your job is to tell me what the letters in that acronym stand for. <laughs> I love it. For example, uh, Senator Joe Donnelly on May 24th, 2007, introduced a bill called the Pump Act. <laughs> yeah, which, of did. course, stands for Promoting the Use of Mixed Petroleum Act. So that's how this game is played. Gotta love that mixed petroleum. Uh, our act for this particular round was introduced by Rep. Diane Watson on February 4th, 2010, and it's called the CHOMP Act of 2009. CHOMP, C-H-O-M-P, CHOMP Act. Strangely enough, she introduced the CHOMP Act of 2009 in 2010. Can you tell us a little bit about Diane Watson? (laughs) Uh, She's a representative. Her first name is Diane, and she introduced the CHOMP Act of 2009. Do you know what state she is? Oh, will that help? Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Democratic Party. She sounds Democrat. What is her state? Uh, okay, that's so much information. Con- confused. Old and out of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you Democratic. If we play this round again, maybe I'll throw the state in, but not tonight. All right. All of the uh, all of the words are in. <laughs> For the CHOMP Act of 2009, uh, I will read what you guys came up with, along with what Diane Watson came up with back in 2010. Hmm. Hmm. So here we go. CHOMP. Create heuristics on marijuana production. Consumers have options for molar protection. (laughs) (laughs) Dentifrice. Creating heavily overqualified medical professionals. <laughs> Is that her goal? Creating healthy organic meal plans. Ah, oh, damn it. Chicago homeless and orphan marketing provision. Chomp. Are you marketing orphans? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if they had better marketing, they might have a better time of it. Yeah, look at Oliver and Annie. We need an orphan-centric musical for today. We also have comprehensive health and other medical protection or chill, horribly over-mandated programs. (laughs) One of those is the real acronym for the CHOMP Act. And the first to get to guess amongst them is Kelly. What was the next to last one? Comprehensive health and other medical protection. I'm going with that one. Okay. Micah. Uh, Could I have the Chicago one again? The one about orphans? Chicago Homeless and Orphan Marketing Provision. 
Okay, I'm going to go with creating healthy organic meal plans. All right. Monty. Uh, I also like to create healthy organic meal plans. For myself and for others. No, just for others. <laughs> you busy bodies. Chumps. Tiff. <laughs> I mean, chumps. Uh, yeah, give me the organic meal plan. I can't say no to organic. I'm gonna just... <laughs> Rough hewn. I Naturally <laughs> woven organic meal plans. I am their demographic. <laughs> Jason. Uh, creating healthy organic meal plans is too good. All right. Someone is about to get a boatload of points. Sure. And that leaves Dan. I really like chill heavily over mandated programs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe this this person is really cool, like a... Cool lawmaker. Chill. There are some dumb acts. There names. are. <laughs> that cool is true. Cool lawmaker. All right. Uh, so. <laughs> I want a cool lawmaker. Ooh, 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 lawmaker. From Greece Let's too. start with that last one, which Dan Morin uh, threw in at the last minute. He went with chill, horribly over-mandated programs. That was actually written by Micah Sargent, who would probably be a pretty Dan, cool lawmaker. <laughs> Thanks for helping you're, me out there. You're quite welcome, Micah. Kelly thought that the CHOMP Act was for comprehensive health and other medical protection. That actually came from Monty Ashley. Oh, nice work, Monty. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that leaves Micah, Monty, Tiff, and Jason, who all piled on creating healthy organic meal plans. That was Dan Morin's answer. So four points to Dan, which leaves him teetering on the edge of the finish line oh, with 17 points. This is how I lose. So close. <laughs> so close. That means none of you guessed correctly that oh the CHOMP God. Act actually stands for Consumers Have Options for <laughs> Molar oh, Protection. No. You are joking. What? For molar protection? Yes, indeed. Oh, that came from, uh, it came from <laughs> Diane Watson, representative for California's 33rd Congressional District. Chomp. Do you mean doctor? <laughs> and I'm it was to amend bill. the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act to require dentists to provide patients with a fact sheet before performing any dental restoration work and for other purposes. So really it's more about like not getting charged horrible bills from your dentist, eh? Did it pass? Um, it's like, about, uh, no, it did not. It oh. died. So there you go. The, I think it's, it's the... dumb name. Yeah. <laughs> Burn. So, wow, after round 10, that leaves us awfully close to a win, but not close enough. Dan has 17 points. We also have a three-way tie with 15 points. Tiff, Kelly, and myself. Right behind them with 13 is Jason. Behind him with 12 is Micah. There was Tiff's and name And Monty again. got one more point. He's up to seven. Woo. I'm telling you, it's, he's, he's coming for us. All right, round 11. This is going to be it. I can feel it. That's great. I'll win three games from now. Can you now. feel the love? And round 11 actually comes to us from listener Jill. Oh, thanks, Jill. Oh, listener Jill. Or it might be listener Gill. Thanks, I don't know. Gil. She spells Is it pronounced it, Gil? She spells it G-I-L-L, so I honestly don't know. But And the word provided to us by listener whatever it is. <laughs> oh, listener whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not the listener, the name. Thank you very much. <laughs> is Wanyan. Wanyan. That's W A N I O N. Wanyan. 
So please send me your definitions for the word onion. Now. The watermelon version of the funyun. A wide onion. Stop taking my answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All of the answers are in for wanyun, everybody. So, here are the definitions for wanyun. One who has been pelted with rotten fruit. Mm. A homeless child. Oh, my God. Who clearly just needs better marketing. I don't like these orphan jokes. <laughs> A covalent bond formed between two atoms. The navigation system antenna fin on top of a car. Bad luck due to the waning of the moon. Ooh. The acoustic quality of a crevasse or chasm. Or fjord. Or, <laughs> or a metal brace used to reinforce a frame. Those are your options for the word onion. And our first to get to choose amongst them is Lucky You, Micah Sergeant. I'm going to go with that metal brace for frame. All right. What is a metal brace? Monty. It's a, it's a wanyan. I would like a nav system on antenna fin on a car. Okay. Shark fin soup. Tiff. The moon luck. Moon luck. Moon luck. Moon luck. Bad moon luck. Wider than a mile. (laughs) I must retire to my growl for I've had such bad wanyan today. Jason. Uh, I'd like to check the acoustic quality of this (laughs) crevasse or chasm. Which crevasse or chasm? This one. No, okay. This very one. This Wanyan? Dan. You know what? I also like the crevasse and canyon. I'm going with that. All right. Fair enough. Kelly. What was the one before the the GPS fin? Uh, okay. <laughs> A covalent bond formed between two atoms. I'm going with that. All right. Between two, two atoms, feeling like a fool. Bond, covalent uh, bond. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's everybody, huh? Neat. One can hope. Well, I can tell you guys right now that at least one person has won low definition. Oh, thank goodness. <gasps> All right. So <laughs> let's start with Kelly, who thought that a Wanyan might be a covalent bond formed between two atoms no that was jason's answer so one point to jason hey chemistry monty <laughs> thought that a wanyan might be the navigation system antenna fin on top of a car that was actually kelly's answer oh man i wanted to know what the name for that was if there was one i hope there is it just sounded like a thing that needed an, a word tiff thought that wanyan might be bad luck due to the waning of the moon and that is a Wanyan. Ooh. Nice. Christ. Two points for Tiff. That pushes her to 17 points. Oh. Oh, no. Jason and Dan, meanwhile, thought that Wanyan might be the acoustic quality of a crevasse or chasm. That was actually Micah's answer. Oh, well played, Micah. Oh, no. Another clockwise answer. And that leaves Micah, who believed that a Wanyan might be a metal brace used to reinforce a frame. 
thereby giving one point and the win to Dan Morin. Congratulations, Dan. Damn it. I was so close. All alone in the winner's circle, amazingly, with all those people clumped up behind you. Nice job. Eked it out. Yep. There there it goes. Rolling out like a penny, fresh from the mint. (laughs) (laughs) I feel an unreasonable swelling of uh, excitement for you, Dan. Steve, for your win. Keep it in your Bustafaron. Okay. (laughs) That seems like a good idea. Um, Okay, so after round 11, uh, Dan wins with 18 points. A perfect landing. He didn't even rush past the finish line. Nice job. Very close behind him with 17 was Tiff. She took second place. So close this time. In third oh. place with 16 was first-timer Kelly. Probably last-timer also. She's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she enjoyed herself. Somebody I, asked I it. am a two-time survivor of Rodeo Baby. I think oh, I'm okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's going to get you at this point. I ended up with 15. I came close, but you guys pulled it out in the end. Uh, then tied with 14 <laughs> points apiece, we've got Jason and Micah. And somewhere back in the distance, Monty Ashley with seven points. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about how perfect my life is with no points to get in the way of my modern, independent lifestyle. <laughs> He's shouting from the crevasse and it's we can hear it. It's a perfect life. Great Wanyan. Well, that does it for Low Definition 14. Remember, you can send word or round suggestions to lowdefgs at gmail.com. The GS stands for Gazpacho Soup. Uh, if social media is a thing you do, you can also follow us at LowDefGS on Twitter and enjoy the silence. Thank you to my players, Tiffany Armand, <laughs> Jason Snell, Dan Morin, Kelly Gamont, Micah Sargent, and Monty Ashley. And a special thank you to our easily entertained listeners. Truly, you are the wind beneath our wings. I'm Steve Lutz, and until we meet again, you keep your Quandong out of my Boostrophodon. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> When Lacquer Beetles battle, it's a Lacquer Beetle battle. When they battle in a bottle, it's a Lacquer Beetle bottle battle.